Welcome to Highly Functioning, a show about exploring, understanding, and optimizing the mind from a non-neurotypical lens. On this episode of Highly Functioning, we covered the importance of managing your mental load with tools such as meditation and naps. We often find ourselves being robbed of our attention by hundreds of things going on around us, processing our thoughts, findings, and experience. And these tools are supremely beneficial to integrate them into your mind, calm it down, and re-energize it as you move on to other things. David also talks about his realization since the implementation of these tools and the benefits he gets from his active management of his mental load. And of course, we provide some recommendations on implementation into your own lives, the reality of ebbs and flows of improving your health and well-being, and how important it is to be kind to yourself along the way. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcasting app. Follow and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash highlyfunctioning. And if you like our content, consider supporting us at highlyfunctioning.ca. There, you'll find bonus content, Q&As, and be able to provide direct input on how you can change the show. Hey, David. Hey, Winston. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Um, Just as, I guess, an update to the audience, I was uh, involved in a car accident recently. And as a result, I've uh, gotten a, most likely gotten a concussion. And I've been dealing with some of the uh, symptoms of that concussion, which I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And for that reason, because it's pretty hard to focus and think and really uh, extrapolate much as I used to. Uh, I thought we could have this as a little bit more conversational conversation style uh, or interview style rather, uh, where I'd ask you about one thing that I found to be super interesting about you, yeah. which is you hear a lot about people taking 20 minute naps or power naps throughout the day. And uh, sometimes it's useful if you're like tired at work, but um, you're the only person I've ever met who is almost does that religiously where I, I talked to you about this a little bit off uh, off the air, I guess where um, you nap more regularly than you eat. Yeah. So, and I've been having to do that recently because of the concussion and things like that to try and you know, calm myself down or uh, manage some of the symptoms. But I wanted to know what, what made you start taking naps? Why do you do it? Do you see any benefits? Um, and like, sort of give me the story behind what comes, where does your napping habit come from? Right, yeah. So I, I'd say literally if I don't eat for a day, I'll be fine. If I don't nap for a day, it causes me issues. Like I definitely care more about napping than eating, but it's, I wouldn't even, it's, I call them my meditation naps because I often don't actually sleep, but I also am not actually meditating. So I don't quite know what to call it. Um, But basically if I don't, it depends on how busy I am in a given day and how ramped up I'm getting myself being my mind. Right. Um, I have to take anywhere between like one and five a day. And they tend to be somewhere between like 15 and 25 minutes. Um, And I generally have a sense going in like, okay, this one needs to be this long or whatever. Um, But basically they're what allow me to function in my life. Um, If I didn't have them, it's almost as if the pressure in my head builds up and builds up and builds up. And I need these to relieve the pressure. So when I, I literally just lay down and let my head run. And when I say it's running, it's running at a high speed, like so quick that I can't actually catch the thoughts and it's just running. And occasionally I hear a thought, but it's just like noise in my head basically. Um, And so without these, it really causes issues. And so there's kind of two 
there's a quick progression I can get into, I suppose, as to how I came to this. Um, because, you know, I've, I've been meditating for a long time. And for me, meditating was, I wasn't actually doing anything. Because normally when you're meditating, you're repeating a mantra or you're like focusing on something in your mind. I was literally just trying to sit and do nothing because I had heard meditation is emptying your mind. Okay, how do I just not think of anything, right? Um, and so, you know, that's kind of the background. When I then went to do my meditation retreat, which we've talked about before, um, you know, it was telling me to do a specific thing, but I found I couldn't even do that at the start because first I had to let whatever this pressure was out, these like racing thoughts. Um, and what's really interesting is so after nine days of silent meditation, the last day of the retreat, everyone can talk again. And everyone else at this retreat was like so happy they could finally talk. And it absolutely fried my brain. Like I, <laughs> it was so much stimulation for me. I was loving the fact that it was so quiet for so long because it was like a new world for me. Um, and so from that, I started to have issues and I would notice this thing happening more often. And what I originally would do is I had a, my bedroom at my house in Waterloo was completely bare, literally a mattress on the ground, my books, and that's it. And I started to notice, okay, I need breaks from work. I need more regular breaks. And I would literally pretend I was locking myself in that room like I'm in an insane asylum. And I'd be like, you're stuck in here for 25 minutes. You're not allowed to do anything. You can just be miserable if you need to, but you're not, you're taking a break from all stimulation. You need it, right? And so, and you know, that's when I, it was right after I started to notice like some issues with stimulation. I started to think maybe I have Asperger's. And so that's how it started is I would just lock myself in this room um, and just have a, have a stimulation break. And then I don't quite remember when, but it then developed into me kind of closing my eyes and resting. But again, I'm not quite meditating. I literally just lay there and let my brain run. Um, and then it's, it's often interesting that because a lot of my processing happens in the background. Like I have a hard time actually thinking about things, choosing to think and make connections and process. That all happens in the background. And it's often like, I'll have a, a mini epiphany, quote unquote, and that will then calm my whole mind down. So it's almost as if like there's stuff that needs to be processed. Once it's done processing, I get a light bulb and I don't even always remember the light bulb. Sometimes I do, but then it's like, oh, this thing fits. And then my mind is calm. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, the long and short of it, I suppose. If there's a, so I want to probe a little bit, um, which is you first mentioned that um, depending on how busy the day is, that tends to fluctuate. And so does that mean a busier day requires more of that to process a lot more things? Or is it because you're, because the fact that you're busy, you don't have enough time and you don't do it? Like, no, well, how no, does that normally I manifest? I definitely need to do it more the busier I am. Mm, um, okay. But like, let's say per two hours of work, I need a nap. And some days I only work two hours, like actually like actively working, right? I do other stuff, I read or whatever. But in terms of like high capacity work, um, and so sometimes that doesn't happen. And, and I notice like, 
when I've been working a lot and I haven't taken these naps. Um, but I mean, I actually, I think it started actually before I, because I sometimes would do this at work. I'd literally like go downstairs and take a nap. Um, but back then it felt more like an actual nap. But yeah, the, the busier I am, the more I need to try to do this. And if I get to like 7 p.m. and I've not taken a nap because I was so busy, my mind feels like chaotic, basically. Um, and it's, it's really uncomfortable. And then there's like risk. If I kind of have my brain ramped up and go to sleep, then it's harder to fix. Like it's very much needs to be kind of day of. It mm -hmm. seems it's a lot better. And you mentioned uh, 15 to 25 minutes. Was that just like you just tried something and be like, I'm going to try 20 minutes today and then, um, and then see how it goes? Or do you find that like 10 minutes is too short to process things? And like if you go over 25 minutes, I know in the classic power napping world, beyond that, that's when you hit like REM sleep and it becomes really hard to wake up and you're actually more tired. Um, you mentioned that you don't actually like fall asleep. So mm -hmm. is the 25 minute limiter just because that's how much you need? Or like you can't take more than that off of work. Where did that, um, like how do you normally judge how much time that you need to go ahead and do that? It's, it's mostly been trial and error, I suppose. I've not really actually thought about it much. But like, you know, sometimes I set, I would set higher, maybe 30, 35, but I'd end up like being ready before that. So I don't, I no longer like force myself like, oh no, I have to stay here for another 10 minutes no matter what very much I can feel when my mind's calm again. And it just so happened, like, you know, it, that tends to be 15 to 20 minutes, even when I set it longer. So sometimes I'll set it for 25 and I'll still be done within 15. And so, but definitely like, it seems like 10 or less doesn't really help. I mean, it helps a little bit, but it's not enough. So like today I've only had one nap and it was 11 minutes because I've been really busy today and I feel ramped up. I'm like, oh, should I take a nap before I talk to Winston? I'll probably have to take one after this. But so I only had time for one 11 minute nap. And when the alarm went off, I was like, I woke up like still like ready to go. All right. And so mm -hmm. I got a bit of rest, but I didn't actually get enough to kind of settle. And then, yeah, I think I've taken longer naps before, but that's when I'm actually taking a nap. Like there have been times where my brain is really wired, where I'm totally amped up and I go into bed and I pass out for an hour and a half, but then it's definitely sleeping. It's an actual nap and there's more going on there. And it's not the same effect as these kind of quick restful um, power naps. Okay. Meditative so I, I like the direction that you went in terms of delineating between, um, like a nap meditation and then like what, what you do here, which is like sort of that processing. So mm -hmm. what does, you mentioned that asleep is just like everyone else you just go to bed and wake up. But um, in terms of meditation, how does that work differently and what sort of effect does that have? Cause at least the way I understand what most people meditate, meditate beyond like transcendental and things like that is it's sort of just like just watching their thoughts go by or it's like trying to like focus on a specific object or things like that. So is that like 15 minutes to you, it might seem like processing to a lot of other people. It's like meditation or like, do you create that delineation? So it's, yeah, just meditating and like sitting and watching your thoughts is actually really, really, really hard. So I would be surprised if most people actually successfully do that. It's possible that it's easier for others than it was for me, but that tends to be actually quite hard. Normally there's a mantra or an object of observation and you, or your breath and you watch those and you pay attention to that. And with reference to that, you notice and dismiss your thoughts. 
or not dismiss, but acknowledge them and let them go, right? Um, and to, to not have any basis and just be doing the thoughts thing, that's what I tried to do. And it's actually, it's extremely difficult. But for me, you know, I would say the difference, I don't consider it meditation because it's like a prerequisite for meditation because you can't just acknowledge your thoughts and let them go away when there's a thousand a minute, right? So it's literally like, even when I was in the meditation retreat, the first 20 minutes, I couldn't actually meditate because there was just consistent thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And so most people don't actually have a point of reference of what that's like, because it's like, there's so many thoughts that they're not even thoughts. It's just noise, right? It's like, they're, it's like, trying to eavesdrop on a crowd of 100 people. You can't hear anything, right? And so it's not meditation because I don't have yet the control to actually focus my mind. I can't hear the thoughts to acknowledge them and let them pass, which is the point of meditation, right? So it's literally just sitting there and having noise run through my head. And so it's almost like, it's a, it's a layer different than meditation. I don't quite know how to label it, but it is that same approach of like, okay, abstracting yourself out of your thinking process, but it's, you know, meditation is then guiding that to some degree. Um, and this does, doesn't involve that because it's, yeah, it's a whole other issue. So when do you meditate? I meditate right now. I try and meditate an hour every morning still. Um, and, you know, depending on how it goes and depending on how ramped up I am, you know, it, it varies. But I try and meditate every morning and I do what's called anapana meditation, which is just paying attention to the sensations on your upper lip. So like that's I don't pay attention to my breath or a mantra. I just pay attention to my upper lip. And that's like the precursor to the type of meditation I did at my meditation retreat. Um, but even still, sometimes it's like I can't do it. Right. And. It's, it's interesting because before I started taking these as, this is a bit of a sidetrack, but before I started taking these as like chosen naps, when I didn't really have this awareness of my mind, um, it was literally like I would take these naps out of necessity from pain. Like I'd have psychological pain and I'd be laying in bed and I felt like a wounded animal whose mind was racing so much that I just needed to sit there and let it run. Like... Mm -hmm. And cause it would be so overwhelming for me and so much pressure and headaches and, but it wasn't even headaches, like physical pain. It was just this weird psychological pain. Um, and so now it's and, almost like maintenance that you're yeah, doing. So like now it's you maintenance. just first went through rehab. Now it's like maintenance to make sure um, you don't hit that same point again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so it's very much like, I find that the like sitting and trying to do it like this. No, I much prefer to be like lying down and just like, I'm, I'm trying to relieve, because even sitting up, that is something my brain is aware it's doing, right? <laughs> like deep in my subconscious, I'm aware I'm, so you need to be like totally in a state of rest so your brain can just run. Um, or that, That's my experience at least. And so do you find that um, at least, I find that there's a lot of things like meditation, journaling, like it, it fits into that whole like productivity self-improvement place where, um, sometimes it's hard uh, to continue doing that thing because you might do it for like a good few days and then afterwards you're like, oh, um, I'm not I'm not doing this more or like something comes up. Like I know that classic example of like 
everything's like your morning routine is great. And then you go to a party that goes into like 2 a.m. And then after that, everything goes out the window and you're back to square one. Same thing with working out and stuff like that. Um, do you have any, at least if someone, if someone's listening, do you have any recommendations on how to sort of implement those naps in, in your day? And is it just for you? It's like, it's such a necessity that you don't even have to think about, I need to take a nap, which is like, damn it, I have to do it. Or, um, is there something that you like in hindsight would have done differently? Well, so there's two different things there. One is how do you implement it? And two is what's the status in my life now? Right. So in terms of implementing any of this stuff, it's discipline, right? It's, you know, make mark a calendar on your wall 28 days force yourself to do it 28 days make it your top priority no matter what else and eventually then because there are a few days and I, I can go you know three or four days now without meditating without journaling without any of these habits but it's my default now i fall back into it relatively easily but it's because i really for a few months but it started with you know one calendar month 28 days um, of just making sure I implemented it. Um, the napping was the same, right? Like I had to, okay, I started by, okay, every day from one to one I'm taking, I'm locking myself in my mini insane asylum, right? Cause I need to do this and I wasn't used to it. I get really into my work if you're excited about it and these sorts of things. So it was routine and regimen, right? Um, and I really think there's no other way, right? There's no magic way to implement these things other than taking control, right? I find being able to, let's say, do something in the world rather than just in the mind is beneficial. So I had the room I would go to. And so my effort, because there's a really interesting episode of the Human Flourishing Project which I, uh, by Alex Epstein, which I recently listened to. And he talks about how you really have to find what is the minimum amount you can do to get started, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea of forcing myself to calm down is actually harder than the idea of walk to that room. So if mm -hmm. I just plan, okay, every day at one, I have to walk to that room. And once I'm in that room, it's like, oh, I just have to lie down now, right? <laughs> but the idea of choosing to rest is a bigger hurdle. And so it's really kind of, I'm a big fan of that. And so like, you know, uh, and there's also this idea of activation energy, right? Which is another term for the same thing, right? If you want to journal, leave your journal right next to your bed. Like you have to have all of this stuff really accessible such that you can do it easily. Um, in terms of the status now, I definitely still forget. And like, I think when we were hanging out recently, literally I was so ramped up that I was talking all of my thoughts. And I literally said, I'm really ramped up. Maybe I should take a nap. And then I realized, oh, that's what I need to do. And mm -hmm. so very much I, when I'm anxious, when I'm agitated, I still have to remember that a nap helps because typically I try and deal with the anxiety in some less proper way. And so I still need to catch myself. It's not so trained yet, but it's absolutely a necessity for me. Like I would not take a job that wouldn't allow me to take naps during the day because I will be less productive. I will be less valuable. I will have a worse life. Like this is something I need for my health, the same way if a diabetic needed four snack breaks or whatever it is, right? Like this is a requirement for my life. It doesn't matter what other people think. And so that's very much um, how I hold it. Do you have any, um, cause I know a lot of the time after you've implemented something, it's a lot easier to look back and be like, um, and see the, the good sides that come out of it. And so like someone who might be listening is like, 
easy for you to say like you can your job allows you to do that or like oh like now that it's or like you might hear someone who works out every day and be like for them it's like oh just go out and do it and it might sound easy do you have any like experiences of failure uh but when you first start to do some of these things where you had that like cyclical um times of falling in and out of it and then like you know um falling on your ass and then having to get up and do it all over again like how oh, yeah. long did it take you to implement a lot of these things because i know you me personally, I know that like it's been years of you working on this stuff. So could you delve delve a little bit deeper into that? Yeah. So definitely like there were many times where I'd crash and burn. And even like, for example, poetry is something that really helps me process my emotions, writing poetry. It's very different in my brain from journaling. Um, It's a total different process for me. And I have, I still sometimes go months without journal, without writing poetry, even though I try and write poetry every day. Um, And and I forget, or I'm not properly in the right headspace, even though I have to get myself into the headspace. Right. And so, and that was the case with all of these things. Right. And it was the case with, you know, feeling better about myself generally. Right. I'd feel better for a month. Think I was out of my, issues with anxiety or whatever my life is solved and then like i crash again right so it's very much like you know there's two different ways to think of it one is the growth mindset right you have to look at how far you've come not how far you have to go because you know it's good to have high ideals but that it can be um you know discouraging if you're always only looking at how far you have to go um and it's very much like i think of it as like a a sine wave on an upward slope, right? So you're trending upwards, but there's always crashes, but the crashes aren't as bad as the time before. And, and a big concept for me is compassion, right? And so it's like, oh, wow, shit, I've not journaled in four days. That's really crappy. But rather than thinking, oh, I'm a miserable piece of garbage, like I throw out all of the progress. It's like, no, that's okay. I'll just journal for, you know, one paragraph today, right? I've remembered it. And so it's actually, it mirrors the whole meditation, meditation and mindfulness generally, right? Because you can be meditating and go 15 minutes of thinking and then catch it. And you can either be mad at yourself that you were thinking so long, or you say, oh, wow, that was 15 minutes. Hopefully next time I catch it in 14 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And so and- it's really that mindset. Um, and for me, I mean, there's m- many examples of me crashing and burning, uh, uh, I'm sure of all sorts of things. Like I've gone probably a month without meditating. Once I remember journaling and being like, wow, I've not journaled in two weeks. No wonder I feel like crap, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, when I finally go to journal, I see the last date and I'm like, oh, whoops, right? Because life like, and life can get ahead of you. And when these things are new and there's a lot going on, uh, it happens a lot. And uh, I guess my own personal story with that is like, I, I had a period where I was journaling every single day without fault, sometimes twice a day for eight months straight, didn't miss a single day. Yeah. Um, and then I dropped it for like a week and I felt so shit about the fact that I dropped it for a week. I didn't journal again for a year. Um, right. And I look because every single day I was like, how could you, you had this going for eight months, <laughs> right. four more months. And you could have said that you journaled for an entire year. Uh, and then and- I still haven't gone back. It was like two years ago. And I still haven't gotten back to that level of discipline. And I love that because com- we've had this conversation offline before where it's like um, a lot of times we can think about like the, the logical idea of like, you know, this is good for you, therefore do it. But you also have to have that emotional uh, reckoning with yourself and be like, listen, it's okay. The same way 
if your friend missed a workout, you'd be like, dude, it's fine. You've been, look how much weight you've lost. Like right. you missed one workout. Uh, that doesn't mean like just sit around again. It means like, okay, that's cool. Like just get on your horse again and, and, and try it again. Um, and there's that saying where it's like, if you work out once a week, it's better to work out once a week than it is to like when you're, when you're going ahead and starting, do like five days a week because you're going to quit in two weeks and you get 10 workouts in. But if you do once a week, you get 52 workouts in over a year, right? Um, right. And I, f- I feel like that's a similar thing to what you're saying, which is like, be compassionate with yourself and also start to slowly ramp up as opposed to, you know, going like getting meditation in there, getting journaling in there, getting poetry in there, getting naps in there all at once and then holding it for three days. And then some like deadline comes at work and it's all, it's all out the window. Yeah. I mean, my experience was that that's totally true. And I think you should start journaling again. Um, and for me, when I started journaling, it was literally like, I'd sit and I would just write about what happened the last day. Cause I couldn't even actually deal with my thoughts. So I would just start, okay, here's what I remember happened yesterday. And it just got me into the routine before I actually got any benefit from it directly. Um, and I also think, oh, what was my other point? Uh, I don't remember. Something that. about you disagreeing with me. <laughs> I'm just disagreeing joking. with you. No, no, you, had, you agreed for the most part, but I think there was something that you wanted to add a little bit more color into. No, I don't remember because I've been distracted this whole time with a side point I want to bring up. So sure, I've just bring been it up. Distracted. So, oh, so I remember the both points now. Um, so with meditation in particular and with these naps or whatever, people feel like I tell people I used to meditate two hours a day. Now I still meditate one hour a day most days. And people are like, oh, wow, I could never do that. And it's like, no, I started with 10-minute guided meditation a day. I, again... I had a YouTube, I, I literally downloaded a YouTube thing. So I had the same one on my phone. I just click a button and I listen to it for 10 minutes a day and that's it. And you, if you can do that for every day for a month, okay, good. Now you have progress. And I think it's important to, again, not beat yourself up when you miss it, not like have those sorts of mindsets because yeah, you're trying to improve, right? You're not perfect. If you could easily be perfect and implement everything you wanted, like you wouldn't need to have any of these issues. You wouldn't have any of these problems. For me, like I had a job that provided me supreme flexibility. And so I literally did implement all of this at once, but I was in like a life, like a crisis mode. And so I really forced it. And I was like, no, I'm doing, I had like eight things I made myself do every day. And it was like that, it would take me like four hours every morning. And that was my primary focus. And then I did anything else because that was like the top priority in my life. Um, but I want to add sort of somewhat related to this in terms of if people feel it's either weird to take these naps or meditate or whatever, one thing that comes to mind, both something that I do and again, bringing up Alex Epstein from the Human Flourishing Project, I really like his podcast, um, but he calls it Seinfeld naps. He takes what he calls a Seinfeld nap, whereas he takes these naps, but he plays an episode of Seinfeld and he just listens to it because he knows the TV show so well that it's kind of like background conversational noise, let's say. Um, And that fits in with what I used to do when I had less control of my mind. I'd play uh, soft music by the Beatles um, and I would play that and it would help me do this thing because it was too chaotic to let it go on its own but your subconscious will react and like will kind of pay attention to whatever it is you're playing in your ears. So it actually helps. And so he finds met his Seinfeld naps 
more refreshing than meditating. And that actually makes a lot of sense to me because you're calming your conscious mind while your subconscious mind is kind of calmed and distracted. Whereas if you're trying to just have it focus on nothing, it can kind of like, it wants to have something to do. And so I just want to add that as it's another easy way. If you have like, if you have some calm music that you like listening to or a TV show that you're really familiar with, I think that I don't have any actual evidence of this yet, but I think that's actually heavily beneficial as well. Um, so I just wanted to add that as an, as an interesting side point and something that again will help people kind of transition and then they can even feel maybe, you know, they want to catch up on this, but on this episode or whatever, but it's more for the relaxing effect. Cause, cause I can totally see how that, that's the case. Cause like, I know when I start meditating, sometimes it's like, you remember this like odd random thing that you forgot to do two days ago. And then now you're just thinking about when you can do that once you're done your 30 minute meditation. Um, and then you're, you realize right then and there, like it just snaps into place that, Oh, now you're not meditating. Now you're just doing what you normally do. Um, right. so I, I could see that. Like, I know, I know some, some friends of mine who will watch like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or like, you know, I, I feel like you don't have to actually watch Seinfeld. You can, but like the yeah, idea yeah, is obviously. that like where, uh, not wear something, but watch something that, uh, is sort of not monotonous, but something that your brain's already familiar with. So it can like sort of calm down a little bit. It's like the yeah. same way I think some people come home and watch, watch TV. Right. right. Um, I think it's valuable to have it as the audio only because visual stimulation is so heavy in terms of what your brain has to process, right? So I do think there's value to just listening to something. But I think again, like, yeah, what you said, the, the thought comes up and you're distracted and then you're like, oh, now I'm not meditating. Um, the same way, like, you know, let's say the hardcore meditators don't even focus on their breath, right? They focus on nothing. I try and focus just on my lip just on feeling my lip because it's technically always paying attention. So I'm not adding attention. Um, but, you know, the same way you can create a mantra, you can give yourself um, guided meditation of something to focus on. That's what this does as well. That's what the Beatles music does for me. That's what, you know, Seinfeld does for him. And so when I'm more ramped up, I find that helps calm me down when I can't even do these naps successfully. Certain music helps me. Okay. So that just about wraps it up. Is there any other things about the nap, about naps that you think is important um, for our listeners to know uh, or things that, or little nuances that you think is um, that might be helpful for them when, when, and if they decide to use naps? In the future? I would definitely say, give it a try, especially for anyone who thinks they have issues with anxiety or they might have Asperger's or anything like it's been hugely, hugely valuable to me. And I wish I would have done it sooner and very much, you know, my view is that I'm trying to parent myself to the point where I can be a six-year-old child as much as I want, right? And that's what a good life is to me. Um, and, you know, we can definitely go into depth about that some other time. But, you know, young kids take naps. Why? Because they want to enjoy their day to the fullest and they sometimes need a, a boost of energy, right? And so if you'll take a, you know, if you'll take, if you'll drink four coffees in a day or, you know, drink an energy drink or whatever else you do to give you a pick me up, what's like, why is napping uh, an issue? Why, why is that a faux pas when I find it hugely beneficial? And like I said, for me, it's, it's a necessity basically. And I think uh, just to add some more to that, I think it's so much easier now than that most people are work from home. 
um, in that, like in the office, I remember there was one time I had to take a nap and I had to like go to the most corner, like closet that I could find and somehow find myself an excuse to act like I was doing something else yeah. <laughs> just to take like a 10 minute nap because I needed it. Uh, but now with work from home, like you can just, you know, um, find a corner in your house, do something and, uh, you know, take some time off that you need. Yeah, I think it's important to know that many people can't do this still. Like many people have, you know, jobs where they are like working on their feet all day or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also, you know, I'm all about societal change. And so the, the people of us who can do it and think it's valuable, the more we do and the more we say this is a requirement or this is something we should be permissible, should be permissible for us to do, the more it actually does help change the culture long term too, to enable more people. So you know, societal change now as well. And I have seen, like, um, when I used to work some manufacturing jobs, like, or factory jobs, like, I, I knew just because, like, some of the jobs were so monotonous, like, you could do it while talking to someone, they would socialize while doing their job because they were close enough to each other to, like, do it on, like, line work. But then they'd all go into the lunchroom and just knock the hell out. Or they'd play, yeah. like, a like, a card game or something, just, like, let their mind run. Um, and it was like, they didn't talk during the card game. Like if we, if I play cards, like I talk smack and do all this stuff. No, it's just like, it's, it was like, I, I forget what the game is. Um, but it's like a similar thing to like Euchre where it's like everyone knows and it's sort of like automatic. Um, they just do that for 15 minutes and they're back to work. And then they start talking as if they're in the lunchroom. So I think yeah. there are some situations where you can try implementing it, but of course there are absolutely some jobs that, uh, can be really difficult to take some time away. It's also cultural, right? Because like, you know, in some countries they have their siesta or whatever, right? Everyone shuts down for three hours because it's so hot and it's just like they need a rest, right? And I think like totally valid too. <laughs> How do I move there? I realized that um, Spain was one of the companies, uh, companies, the countries that did that. Um, but they're slowly starting to phase that out a bit. And I'm like, why? Like, this is, this is such a great idea. Don't yeah. just follow the rest of the people who might have gone the wrong direction. Absolutely. But yeah, um, I guess that just about wraps it up. Um, thanks, David, for giving us some, some of that insight in the naps. Um, I'm definitely going to go take a nap after this as well. See how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. I'll give you an update next time on it. Thanks. Awesome. Talk soon.